answering your tough financial questions for the past 26 years. It's Allworth's Money Matters with co-hosts Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Glad you are with us as we talk about financial matters. Both myself and my co-host here, we're both financial planners. And I think that's probably a, the best choice to use, financial planners. We've been um, do, doing this program for over 25 years and been practicing advisors for roughly 30. And um, I think financial planning, it, it's interesting because Morningstar did a study. Morningstar is the big uh, research firm and that started analyzes mutual funds and stocks. And Morningstar did a big study, and Vanguard, the big mutual fund giant, did a big did a study on what value a financial advisor can bring. And the advice, the value that the study was not so much on the investment portfolios that was a relatively small. It, but it, but there can be value there. The value came in the mainly two other areas. One is the financial planning around the investment management. What goes in an IRA? What goes inside a Roth? How do we have our money set up inside outside of those retirement vehicles? What income streams do we have in retirement? Which which accounts do we take them from? How do we sequence those things? When do we start Social Security? All those other areas. That was the 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 largest piece of value that was added. And another piece was the behavioral finance aspect. That's keeping people from making mistakes from which they cannot recover. Scott, and I agree with those studies, but those were looking at people that were real financial advisors, not people that just called themselves financial advisors. Financial plan. Oh, that's why I said financial planner. Certified financial, financial planner. Okay. So, yeah. so, yes. 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 Because real people planning. call themselves financial planners and they're sales advisors. Yes. And they're salespeople. That's correct. Doesn't take much to you anyone because they're financial advisors. Yes. They're salespeople. And you want an advisor. You want someone that actually says, you need this, this, this is why you're doing it. This is how you save for the kid's education. You should get rid of this mortgage. This is why you should. That's what a good advisor does. All that good stuff. So if you want to join us, we'd love to take a call from you and answer a question that you're going to bring our way. 833-99-WORTH is our contact number. Be part of All Worth's Money Matters. 833 nine. Six seven eight four, and we're starting right off in Northern California with Gina. Gina, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi. Hi, Gina. So um, my question is: um, currently, I'm 61. I'm planning to retire in about four years. I have a 401k, an IRA, um, and I will be getting pension and Social Security. So my question is about my pension. Um, I can either take a lump sum payment of approximately 785000 and reinvest those monies, or I can take monthly payments of approximately $5,000 a month for the rest of my life. Um, the monthly payments uh, does not have any cost of living or inflationary increases, so that's a set amount. And when I die, since I'm single my payments will stop and my two adult children receive nothing. Whereas if I take the lump sum, I can reinvest and my children would be able to inherit what is left over. So Gina? So I'm not sure whether I need to take the lump sum. Gina? Yeah. And this is a decision you're going to be making four years from now. Correct. Okay. And the lump sum could be worth more or it could actually be worth less in four years. Even with the, your pension might be worth a little bit more because four more years of service, but your lump sum could actually be less in four years from now. And the reason, four more. and the reason, so we're going to answer your question broadly, but you're not going to land on a decision until the day, the week, the month before you go to retire. And okay. every pension plan is different, but here's how 
the lump sum is calculated. They take an interest rate and a life expectancy, which may or may not be the IRS. May not be your life expectancy either. But it is a life expectancy based upon a life expectancy table, a mortality table. And there's a number, strangely enough, there's a number of different mortality tables. So they take that. They take that, so let's just say right now they use the 3% interest rate. I don't know which one they're using, but let's say they're using a 3%. They take your life expectancy according to this table, and they take this 3%. And let's they, say it's 30 years. That's an example. 30 years. They look at this. If I, This is how they look at it. I take $785,000, and I put it in an account, and I pay it to Gina over the next 30 years. At the end of 360 months, at a 3% return, that account will be empty. Now, or conversely, they'll say, how much money do we need to have set aside for Gina so we can pay five grand a month for 30 years at a 3% interest rate? So that's how they come up with the 785. So what happens is if interest rates go to 4%, your lump sum will go down. If interest rates go to 2%, your lump sum will go up, which is exactly the okay. inverse of how most people would think of this. And the reason is the lower the interest rate they're using, the more money they need to set aside in your name. Just the, like if they assumed a 0% interest rate, then it'd be easy. 5000 a month times 12, That's and then how many years would we expect Gina to live? That's how much would need to be set aside. But they have some, they assume they're going to earn something. So what drives the decision in four years is this. How much other money do I have set aside? Is there risk there? Does it make sense for me to take that risk? What we like to do is call, figure out what's called a hurdle rate or a rate of return that you need to perform on your own portfolio in order to generate that $5,000 a month. So that's the first decision you make. The second decision is you look at your life expectancy realistically. So if you're in perfect health and your parents lived until they were 102 and your siblings all lived and you know there's no medical history, then you know you have a longer life expectancy because the life expectancy they're using comes off a table. If in Conversely, if you're in poor health and you're smoking two packs of Camel no filters a day and drinking a fifth of bourbon, um, then- Take the lump sum. Take the lump sum, right? right? And then the last thing you look at is what are the other assets? So if you said, hey, I've got $2 million set aside and I have no debt, you're like, you'd take the lump sum, right? Further, I think we don't want to ignore- the what your investment history has been, how have you reacted to other markets? Because even when in a low interest rate environment like we're in today, it's still difficult to earn uh, returns above those figures. And it takes a very disciplined investor. So someone who's hasn't had the best experience investing with their own 401k or IRA, even we'd be more likely to say, just take the monthly. So the least way we know that you're not going to make poor investment choices and blow through your cash. So the answer to your question is talk to us in four <laughs> well, years, but is your, is your home paid for? No. Um, I'm, since I won't have it paid off by the time I retire, I decided uh, instead to have the lowest payment possible. Beautiful. So I'm currently refinancing into a 30 year fixed um, at two point, Eight seven five. Beautiful. Um, I like that. Do you have you been to have you been to one of our workshops? I absolutely have. Okay. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> okay. That's exactly. So that's what. That's exactly that's why, that's, what we say. Whether it's the right or wrong advice, it's our advice, so we think it's beautiful. Oh, that's a good point. Well, <laughs> and, and when other people at work ask me, I tell them if you can't have your house paid off, that that's the first choice to have it paid off. But if you can't. You want the lowest monthly payment that's right. you can. That's right. And what do you? Because you'll be on a what a do you? What do you have income. in um, uh, your four hundred one k and IRAs? So uh, my four hundred one k for for most of my life I've been very very conservative. I had like a fifty fifty split, 
And um, recently, um, my uh, financial planner had advised me if I want to be less aggressive after I retire, which would be my preference, I need to try to be more aggressive now. So uh, my 401k um, is at a 70-30 and about 185,000 after all the market fluctuation. And my IRA is a 60-40, and I have about 375 in that. Um, Good for you. And then I'll have, social, I'll have Social Security and then my pension. When- but, um, you know, for a long time I was thinking with the pension, I'd, oh, take the lump sum, reinvest, I could do better. Um, but well, well, then when the, what- with the recent fluctuations, I thought, ooh, maybe I'd be better off with a set amount that, is is guaranteed basically yeah, to what, me. For one more factor life. on this. The older you are, the harder it is to make the lump sum work. So let's say you're you were retiring at age eighty four, right? At five thousand dollars a month. Your lump sum would be nowhere close to seven eighty five because they're like, this lady's not living. How many year more years she can possibly live, right? It wouldn't be that long. So if on the other hand, if you retired at fifty like, whoa, we got a long time. So you'd, the lump sum would be larger. So the older we get, the smaller that lump sum is. At this point, all things being equal, if interest rates were exactly in the future as they are today, I think we would lean to say take the pension. That, that's right. And, but there's a caveat. So we didn't get take, to all, take the monthly payments. Yeah. Means, if, if, if you were making the decision yeah. today, but the caveat too, is we'd actually have to look to see how much your pension benefit is over the pension benefit guarantee corporation, minimum insured value of that monthly no, it pension. It should be fine at 65 at five grand. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I don't know. That's something I would look at. Can you, can you take a partial? A partial lump sum? So Gina options. Apparently there's multiple options you can choose okay. from, but and, when you're and single, there's fewer you, options. You don't work for a medical system, what, do you? I do. And will your will your health care be impacted if you take the lump sum? It should not be. Well, if you're working for the UC system, it may be. I am not. Okay. Okay. All right. So not. Also, one one other thing. The advice you got from your advisor to increase the equity exposure was good advice. And the reason is you've got Except to look I at the- I did it the day before the plummet. Okay. Okay. It doesn't, it doesn't, it, 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 but the reason, the, the, no, the well, reason- the reason it was good advice is if you add all those things up and then add $785,000 to the IRA and the 401k, your overall equity exposure is 25%, maybe 30, because you added up the IRA, right? And then you added up the 401k. But you didn't add up the lump sum. But you didn't add the lump sum. And the lump sum, you have to look at that as a bond portion of your portfolio. It's all fixed income. So while well, you said no, you, if I have a lump sum and I reinvest it in no, the stocks, but you don't right now. But right now it's all in fixed income. It's guaranteed, oh, regardless correct. of what happens, right? So the decision you make in the future is a decision you'll make in the future. We just can't make that decision today. But based upon what you're telling us, you're doing a great job. You're thinking about it. You're taking appropriate steps. You you just can't force this decision on pension or lump sum yet. It's too far out. We don't know enough. Okay. All righty. But now so you understand. How, in, well, you have six to. months before yes. Yes. retirement. And then yes. also figure out what date they calculate that lump sum. What's the interest rate they calculate the lump sum? Because there are some organizations that um, – They'll announce two weeks prior, oh, by the way, here's the interest rate that we're going to be using for the following quarter or the following year. And so you might say, well, I'm going to retire. Instead of retiring on the end of the month, I'm going to retire the the next day. Or some pension plans, the, the, the first day of your pension is the day following the day in which you retire. So if you retired on the last day of the quarter, your pension is going to be calculated based upon the the following quarter. So you just need to 
pay attention to those things. And a good advisor actually well, I will. I don't know that they give us all that information. No, they no, might. No, I know no, you no, say no, you don't no, know, no, but those no, are no, things no, you, wait. that is what you need to know before. It's published, right? So it's published yeah. what okay. interest rate they're yeah. using. So, and so they don't give it to you, but it's all public. It's published. It's they have to with the DOL, the Department of Labor. Yeah, they yeah, they yeah. have to. It's all there. Give the plan documents. But the, okay. here's the bottom line, Gina. Right now, wouldn't worry about it. Okay. Yeah. Don't I do would, it. I would <laughs> lean. Right. I mean, and if suddenly you found out you had a, a terrible terminal illness, you would retire early and take the lump sum. Uh, so right now, I wouldn't give it a lot of concern. Odds are, at sixty five, you'll take the pension. Based upon, I'll take the monthly payment. Yes, odds are okay, but you never know. You never know. It well, it depends on your health and the other assets and what your objective is. Um, but as of now, yeah. Um, and by and when you if you and we appreciate the call, Gina. And if you take the monthly pension, obviously it gets transferred to an IRA, so it's the maintains its tax deferred status, and you only pay tax when you pull the money out. Because um, we've seen people make. Poor, horrible mistakes with pension lump sums. Yeah, and Scott, the day you retire from some of these is significant differences in the lump sums, 20, 30, 40,000. I remember, Pat, years, this was years ago, because we've been doing this a long time. There was, uh, we had a client that zero risk tolerance at all, like really skittish about things. But the U.S. Treasury bonds were, we could take a lump sum, invest it 100% in U.S. Treasuries, Guaranteed by the federal government and have a higher monthly income than the joint survivor that was going to be offered through his employer. And would leave a lump sum to his heirs or her have, heirs when he died. He would have the entire principal. Wouldn't he be drawing down the principal? His principal would be intact. And he had seen another financial advisor before he came and saw us. And this other financial advisor says, oh, no, uh, never take the lump sum. And so I'm having this I'm like, well, that's the worst advice ever to say never take the lump sum because it ignores everything. <laughs> At that point, you'd be a, only a fool would take a monthly pension. If you can go out and buy U.S. government bonds. Which are safer, by the way, yes. than a pension. Safer. Yes. All right, let's continue on with calls. 833-99-WORTH is our contact number. Jeff, you're with All Worth's Money Matters. How's it going, Scott and Pat? Awesome. Okay. I have a quick question for you. Sure. So I did a uh, loan modification in 2009 with uh, Countrywide. And um, after I did the loan modification, hey, my I'm sorry, hey, Jeff, do you, do you have us on a speakerphone? Oh, yeah, I can turn it off. Yeah, please. Thank you. Um, that works. So anyway, I, I did a loan modification in 2009 with Countrywide. Okay. And the countrywide, um, of course, lowered my principal, whatever. Well, my question is, I have a a uh, second mortgage that's gone to collection. I just don't understand how I would have a second mortgage when I already redid all my first through my loan mod. Did you have a second mortgage back in 2009? Yeah, but it was B of A is now my carrier from my home. I have never missed a payment since 2009. And... Um, they assured me that everything was included in the loan mod. Do you have documents so, on that? I do. But I keep getting statements from this collection. I don't, I don't know if I should name it. but Yeah, go ahead. It doesn't really matter. We don't care. Real-time uh, solution. Solution. Oh. Anyway, real, and it, it never, it occurs interest, but it never occurs any late payments. Okay. And it also says it may or may not be a lien. Okay. So, Which means it's not. Um, it's not. Yeah, correct. Because if it was a lien, they would let you know. Um, <laughs> right. What What are they saying you owe them? Well, the original balance, Scott, or Pat, which one's which? Pat, <laughs> the smart one. Pat. Um, I, I listen to you every Sunday. I love it. Um, the original was 55. I was completely upside down back then. So it was 55, and now it's gone up since then to like 67-ish. So, but that's just, so here's, yeah. and how's your credit? My credit's great. Okay. So here's what I suspect happened. I suspect that somewhere during this whole thing, you may have had a small equity line of credit or something, or they might have done a piggy, what they call piggyback loans at the very beginning, 
which is they would do an 80% loan to value and then you take a second in order to get to a 90% or 95% loan to value. That's what I suspect happened. And when they remodified the loan, they did it on the first, but not on the second. At that point in time, they may have released the liability or the lien on the property, but then sold the bad debt to a collection agency. They did, exactly. That's, that's where I'm at with it, I think. Yeah. I just wanted to get your opinion. Yeah, and so when they sell the bad debt to the collection agency, when they say it's either a lien or not a lien, and by the way, you can actually go to the county recorder's office and see who actually has the liens on your property. So yeah, I I've been meaning to. Every, every time I mean to go, it's like someone other, like, now we can't even go because of the virus. But, okay. um, yeah, I wanted to. Okay, so that's I where I would start. There, and there may be online tools to do the same thing, so too, I guess. if there is no, yeah. other than your first mortgage, if there is no other encumbrance on this property, right. I'd ignore them. Because they probably... Well, I, have yeah. I have been ignoring them since 2009, but now I just finally... Uh, so well, not the other thing they, is when I refinance, when I go to refinance, which I'm going to do, because unfortunately my interest rate's high because it was a... It was a okay. I never redid it. Um, that... Well, it will show up then, or it that's won't right. Show up that then. will. I mean, that's that, that's right. That's right. So I wouldn't worry about right. it. What happened is this collection agency probably bought this debt for eight pennies, yeah. eight cents on the dollar, or six cents, or three cents on yeah. the dollar, and exactly. and they're just swinging at it. And when they say it may or may not have a lean, good for oh, them. No. <laughs> yeah, good for them. Well, that's what my tax guy said. He goes, "I can write you a statement right now, and you owe me money." So that's right. But I would the ignore them. Is, what's happening though? My concern is that. I have, I was fortunate enough to get that loan mod and hang in there. So I'm at 70 now on my house, which is worth, you know, a lot more. But my second, this stupid thing is creeping up to almost more than well, I owe we don't, but, but, but we don't know if it's a second. So when you go to do uh, a refinance of the mortgage, they'll tell you whether yeah. there's and a I, second on the I property. Would, I would tell you refinance and I'd work with a, a mortgage broker, someone, who, someone who's been around for a long time. Yeah. Uh, And because he or she is going to know more than the two of us is going to. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah, I'm I'm about ready. Yeah, I'm about ready to do that. No, I would do it now. I wouldn't wait. Well, no, I keep, I'm in the union. I keep changing jobs. So I'm trying to get like, keep a good record of everything. So I'm about ready to go. So I would just call a mortgage broker on. um, I would still, I would engage with that mortgage broker now. Say, here's my situation. Here, we know what rates are. And, and. And figure out the best. They, it, it, maybe you pull the trigger immediately. I don't know. Yeah, and they'll tell yeah, you no, whether this. Is. Yeah. All right. Okay, thank you. Appreciate All the call. Right. Thanks for listening. To this. Oh, thanks for listening. And uh, if you'd they be said so kind, co- that they bought that's probably just. Well, there we go. Oh, there we go. And that was talking to a spouse. Um, I was going to tell him to, if, if you'd be so kind as to write a review for. That's why I had the speakerphone. He wanted his wife, wife to hear, and you so rudely cut her out of the conversation sounds like well, a she male can listen. chauvinist she can listen she can listen to the show or the podcast and get to the same place we're trying to produce a quality product okay. here, Scott. <laughs> so you care more about the quality product than you do for um, i might women <laughs> no whoa, whoa. i'm just whoa just based upon the limited uh evidence well, that, in the last 60 seconds three how, minutes how do you know a spouse is a woman Oh, fair enough. Okay, I'll grant you that. Thank you. All right. So who's the idiot now? That was good. I'll get you that. That was good. All right. All right. What's now? What, what do we do now? It. One thing this pandemic has shed a light on. Well, a couple things, which we've talked before. Obviously, you can't predict the markets, but... And the importance of being diversified because it's been, there's been certain investment theses that no longer hold up. You look at the fracking industry with oil prices. Boom. I mean, you want to talk about a disaster, both in oil and natural gas. It's just been. Correct. A lot of people. And all those businesses surrounding. A lot of bankruptcies there. The pipelines. Transportation. Refining. But all the houses they built in uh, Fargo to, to I mean, to all, support it's just, it. just a whole plethora. Nursing homes. Which, two, three years ago, the predictions were that these nursing homes would, that, that, that the supply that was needed was going to be monumental. And they were financed and built with that in mind. And where are the nursing homes now? They can't fill them up. 
because no one that cares about their their parents, What's grandparents, aunts, uncles wants to put their relative in a nursing home right now. And it may be like this forever. So what you're actually seeing is a change in actually how homes are now being designed. Yeah. In order to provide support for an elderly parent or grandparent in the home itself. So this is why you don't ever bet all on one thing. And be careful if you own something outright or with a partner when you've got debt. You mentioned nursing homes, bad, and I thought a client years ago she did a uh, a ten thirty um, ten thirty five or ten thirty one. I was ten thirty one. Ten thirty one exchange, ten thirty one exchange into a, a, a property as a tenant in common. Maybe it is a ten thirty five. It's one of the two. Ten thirty five. What one of in a tenant in common into a nursing home, and was writing checks for capital calls each month because the nursing home was not full. In a Tenants in common. Yeah. Anyway, we're taking a quick break. Stick around for more Allworth's Money Matters. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McClain. I almost said Hansen McClain. I was... It used to be. Yeah. For Why did we change our name? That's I get that question a lot, and I forget. <laughs> well, the organization's grown dramatically, I and mean, we now provide tax services, Medicare planning. Uh, we interact with the state planning attorneys on a regular basis. So we thought the word "all worth" better encompassed what we do, which is all of someone's worth. By the way, on estate planning. Some states have really simple probate processes, and I'm not an attorney, so I'm not trying to give you any legal advice here, but my understanding is Texas, as an example, very simple, easy, inexpensive. California, where I reside, expensive, time-consuming, laborious. My father passed away last December. Now, his... (laughs) He had a three-page will that was 20 years old. I'm surprised he had that. I, mean, I was too. I didn't know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but he had a house, retirement account, a couple of other things. Not, not, a, not, a, not a sizable state. So, so he passed away in, in December. I'm a financial advisor. I've been doing this for 30 years, right? So you think that the, I, can, I understand the process fairly well, which I do. Uh, the estate is still not settled, although the house has been sold. The attorney's fees, we're getting close, but it's probably still a couple more months before a judge signs off on it. And the attorney's fees are um, actually less than the statutory fees because I renegotiated, but are going to be $14,000. And you decided to use an attorney rather than do it yourself just for... Well, it's a, there was obviously a lot of there's a lot of hours gone into that. Yes, yes, a lot of hours have gone into that. You could do it yourself if you so chose. I have other responsibilities, you, and there's I, a learning curve. Yes, in the whole bit. And so my point is, if you are a resident in a state that has a cumbersome probate process, get a living trust. Get a living trust. Had he had a living trust, Be- this would have been settled. Weeks, weeks, weeks and weeks. Simple. And by the way, if your estate, everything you own is more than a few million dollars, a couple, let's call it three, you should pay close attention to what's happening in legislation and uh, a new administration coming in. Because the amount that someone could pass on estate tax free right now as at a couple can pass on like $22, 23000000 million. We haven't seen that much ability to pass on money since the day of the robber barons. Um, as it, it's such an astounding number. It was an astounding number when they actually put it into legislation. Didn't we have an, two, wasn't there a year that we had? Uh, zero. Yeah, 2000, was that 2010? Uh, yeah, zero. Um, zero. 
quirk in the law. Just a quirk. But if you have a uh, fairly large estate, um, I would anticipate that there was possibly changes coming up in this. And that the estate tax exemption is going to drop back down to a couple a, million, three million. I, I would be surprised if, uh, if there was a change in uh, presidential administration that it did not go down. Well, and odds are it's looking like there will be a change. And yes, I mean according to the polls, which yeah, may or may not be correct. Well, and according to um, like uh, I'm not a gambler, but if you look at fall the odds, to, the odds right now are in favor of Biden, who has steady wants to increase capital gain taxes and um, so the, the and a good financial advisor will hopefully. I agree with you. If your state's larger, then um, keep an eye. Maybe or maybe do some maybe do some planning, maybe have some some thoughts. That, and if you're concerned that there's some changes post you know mid mid November before there's a change, then you have a chance in 2020 to, to get something. things out of your estate, which means gift them now before your death, which actually has its whole another set of complexities. Um, gifting well, and I also would. Be under the if I were a betting man that, um, assuming that Trump was is not reelected, that we're going to have an elimination of the step up basis or at least some reduction of the step up basis uh, capital gains upon death because that makes no sense whatsoever. It doesn't make any sense. Which is essentially if I bought a piece of property thirty years ago for ten thousand dollars and it's worth a million dollars today. And I'm married, and my wife and I own it in community property. Whether and it's, it's an, an investment property. It's an investment, just a piece of land or whatever, right? Ten thousand. I pay ten thousand. If I sold it today before I died, I pay all capital gains and all that. If I die, my spouse inherits that with a cost basis stepped up to the fair market value today, essentially eliminating all those capital gains. Which makes it's just it's interesting. So if there is well, a, you know why when Trump did the change, made the changes there, he's a real estate guy. So yes, that's, 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 they allow tax-free exchanges, but you can't do tax-free exchanges on most stocks. Yeah, but you can real estate. But it's, you can real estate. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. that's why they don't. That's why he hasn't released his tax returns. <laughs> <laughs> of course well, not. That and Ooh. maybe there's I. But quite frankly, I, I I understand why people want their tax returns released, his tax returns, and I understand why he doesn't want it released. And you're Switzerland on this. Is that the thing? I am. <laughs> it's kind of irrelevant at this point. It is. It does. What, are we going to judge his character based on that? Oh, all right, let's go. Let's okay. Go. We're getting into a... 833. Well, I mean... We, we're allowed to have our opinions. I'm, I try not to be too political. And the reason is I, res I want to be a great financial advisor for people. Period. Yes. Um, and if I was going to see professional advice in my own life, whether it's from an architect or a uh, marriage counselor or whomever, I would hope that they would keep their politics to themselves and we could just have a conversation to, with, with what my situation is and I can get the best advice possible. There we go. So that's why we, we tend not to talk about politics too much. But we do actually talk about changes in the political environment. They may affect your finances. Yes. And I'm not going to say whether I'm supporter or not. It just this is reality that's, of things. That's so. how it's going to work. 833-99-WORTH is the number to be part of All Worth's Money Matters. 833-999-6784. We're in Northern California with Lorraine. Lorraine, you're with All Worth's Money Matters. Hi, guys. How are you? Wonderful. How are you, Lorraine? I'm fine. <laughs> Enjoying my vacation. <laughs> oh, well, good. The reason I'm calling... Yeah, it's kind of nice. Um, the reason I'm calling is I am um, 55. I am um, eligible for retirement at this point from my job. Um, I want to retire um, soon, if possible. Um, I am currently renting, and my rent, obviously, in California is going up and up and up, and it is the major factor that is stopping me from retiring. Okay. So in um, my train of thought um, is to buy a house, so that I can stop that 5% or whatever, that upward mobility of my rent. 
keep and it under control. Would the house be in uh, the same area that you're renting, or would it be in a different, a lower yeah. cost? No, I would try and keep it in the same area I'm renting. Okay, simply and- because I've been in this area. I've been in this area for 30 years. Um, I'm single. I um, my children are. I have two children that are. They're not around. I mean, they are, but you know, they're not my responsibility anymore. They're adults. And okay. you're in you're in a town called Manteca, which is east of the Bay Area. An hour south, east of the Bay Area, an hour south of Sacramento. Yes. So is home of the I, famous water slides back in the day. Really? Yes, it was. Yeah, we it used was. to. Uh, they're not here anymore, but yes, it was. We used to go they're there now as home kids. To multi-million dollar, they're, they're home to very expensive houses now. And what's interesting <laughs> with the coronavirus and with the work from home. Uh, we're seeing downward pressure on prices in the Bay Area and in some of the big cities. Uh, but in the bedroom communities, we're starting to see some real estate markets that seem pretty hot. Is that what it is yeah, in Antica right now? I've been paying the t- They're not lowering. The prices at this yeah. point are not okay, going so, down. So let's talk no. about your finances. You, you're thinking about buying a home. How much money do you have in the bank or in savings or in brokerage accounts outside of an IRA or 401k? Next to nothing. Okay. And how much money <laughs> and that's do you, where my problem lies. How much money do you have in an IRA or four hundred one k? In the four hundred one k, I have one hundred and three thousand. And you you say you're eligible for retirement. We have a. If you retired today, would you receive a pension? Yes, I would. How much would you receive? Almost, almost equal to what I'm bringing home at this point. Okay, so you work for a state or municipality. Is that correct? No, I work for UPS. Wow, that is a nice, nice pension. Yes. Um, yes, it is. Can you afford a mortgage payment right now? What are you paying on rent? I'm paying thirteen seventy five right now until October for a three bedroom, two bath duplex. And would duplex, you get a smaller? A would you get a smaller? Uh, uh, if you bought a house, would you buy a smaller house? I'm not opposed to a smaller house there. Um, it would depend on pricing and where it's at. I mean, I'm not opposed. And to you say you want to retire. If you retired, to- you're 55, right? So you're relatively young. You've got a lot of years ahead of you. If you retired tomorrow, what would you do with your life? I, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I say I want to travel and do things like that. Um, I'm, I'm not quite sure. Um, I'm not quite sure. Well, you're traveling right now do might I be limited to Lodi yet? or uh, <laughs> No one's traveling. You can't travel right now. You <laughs> well, go to stop. Not Maybe go no, south down to Fresno. <laughs> that's a big trip. Go a little further down Bakersfield. <laughs> that's a big trip. I have family that lives in the Midwest, so I mean, I go visit them. Am I talking right. trips to Europe? Which is actually just and if you if you work right. another five years at UPS, will your uh, pension increase significantly? At all, or um, will I'm it at all? About my 401k will because I'm yeah. dropping so much into it right now. Um, but my, um, yes, my pension, if I work for every year I work from this point on, my pension, I think it's 100 or $200 a month. Okay. So here's what I want you to do. Um, I want you to contact a broker, a mortgage broker, and find out if there's right. any of the zero down. Yeah, there are. Um, that you would qualify for. And you okay. may be considered a first-time home buyer, which actually may even help. You know, you can also take a loan on your four hundred one k. You could take a loan. on I your love 401k. the idea of buying a house, by the way, because this is exactly you. Brought, I mean, you have seen it firsthand. The the problem with renting, renting has its advantages, right? You don't have to worry about things. Something goes wrong. There's one number right. to call. I mean, there's some real advantages. The downside is it's the inflation, and we go into retirement and suddenly your rent goes from 1375, 10 years now it's 1875, 20 years now it's 20, 2875, right? I mean, it can, it can get really costly. You get a mortgage, that mortgage payment will never change. So I would actually, I would advocate, and you may want to involve a financial advisor on this. I would advocate that uh, because your pension is so large, that my guess is that you should work at least another five years, possibly seven Maybe. or eight. And I would stop the contributions to the 401k and maybe see if she could swing a 15 year mortgage oh. or a 10 year mortgage. That might, that could make more well, sense because your pension's, well, I mean, you're paying. Because, because and and right you have now, social security will be coming I'm, in. Right. And well, and you know, I follow it on my little website. They have a, a little, um, 
a map to show you, you know, where you're at in the gap of what you're earning versus what you're going to need and that kind of stuff. So they have one of those. I'm on a Prudential website. Your pension's equal to your salary. Yeah. So it does. So Scott, I, I would actually take it one step further. She's single, right? Yeah. She's single. Right. Your kids are taken care of. You've got some money in the 401k. I would actually look at maybe doing a, a 30 doing seven and looking at uh, paying it down to 50% uh, loan to value over the next seven, eight years, and then converting to a reverse mortgage at that point in time. There's so many things so you can saying- do. Yeah. That's I mean, actually okay. an, interesting, I could, that's an interesting concept. I could sit here and give you seven different scenarios. I mean, what you've got going for you is a great pension. <laughs> that's it. It gives you if a you, lot of room to play. If you didn't have that pension, we'd have a very different conversation right now. It gives you a lot right. of room to play. And you've got large right. contributions, according to you, going to your 401k. What you don't have is cash for a down payment. That's why you want to start with a broker. So yeah. you want to find that's, it. That's, the, that's not a big deal. I think this you need to do this. Yes. Be, you'd be crazy not to. Find the house and price range. Not that particular house, but in the price range that you're going to buy in. And maybe it's in okay. Antica, maybe it's in Tracy, I don't know. And then you say, okay, how much is this going to cost me on a monthly basis? What loan programs do I have available to me? And then we find the down payment. So you can okay. take a loan out of the 401k, that may make sense. And then once you use that loan from the 401k, make those monthly deposits back to pay off the loan on a monthly basis rather than making contributions to a new into the 401k. I'd look at either a 10, 15, or 30-year mortgage. Um, I would look at- I would, this With the rates right now, I would probably do a 30-year mortgage- And then Amazon. And, and pay extra. Didn't say, what, how, how much would I have to pay to try to get this evening paid down? And you might want to look at a mortgage that has what's called a one-time re-amortization. So let's say you had a $300,000 mortgage, and you you worked for the next five years, and you worked really hard at getting paid down, and you got it paid down to 150000 the mortgage company then would say, "Oh, you have twenty five years left. The balance is one hundred fifty thousand. Let's recalculate what your payment should be now, and your payment would drop dramatically by doing that." So, so that's something to look at. You nope. should buy a house. I want you, what I'd like you to do is to listen to this podcast of your this call again because we just threw okay. a ton of information for, at you. You did. And so you did. when you listen okay, to my, the podcast my, my again. I want you to take notes. The one-time reamortization, I didn't even think of that, Scott. That's a great idea. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I, I do have a question. So currently I am I am putting 11%, 9 and 9% and a 2% catch up because of my age uh-huh. into my 401k. Should okay. I stop doing that so I have more cash because I can't go anywhere until October. I'm, I'm under- on a lease until October. Yeah, yeah. So, sure. Sure. Is that going to make tax wise? Is that going to make if I drop that down? Yeah, you're going to pay a little bit more in taxes. Putting in at all? Yeah, correct. You're going to yeah, pay I, a little but bit I, more. I talked to a mortgage broker tomorrow. I, yeah, but 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 that okay. may make that may make sense for you. Um, and when did you say October? If you start the process now for a home, you might be in by October. Probably yeah, be right. in by October. So start the process right. and it, stop the contributions. And it, it, you said, well, listen, it will increase my tax liability. Yes, but we're, we're, we're driving it at objective here. And you're probably better off, I shouldn't say probably, you would be better off buying a used house, a previously built house, than a brand new one. Absolutely. Oh, a, yeah. Okay. Because a oh, brand, yeah. all right, just. <laughs> the wall coverings, oh, okay, the yard. Very expensive. Very, very expensive. <laughs> yeah. So you want a previous. I was even looking at foreclosures. Uh, yeah, the, you know, the problem in the foreclosure marketplace, it's not a big market at this point in time. No, particularly when you're going out. Yeah. So anyway, appreciate the call. Yeah. Uh, great, great job, by the way, okay. raising those kids, getting them. What did you say? You don't have to worry about them anymore. That's how you started. About, well, <laughs> yeah. Teach me that one. They're old. They're adults. I know. I don't but, worry about them because they're adults. They, they have to, I mean, I worry about them. Don't okay, get me wrong. Yes, they're that's children, what I think, they're not living with me, so I don't have to worry about them twenty four seven. That's you right. know, it's funny. I appreciate the caller, right? And my, it's like whenever my kids are home, and they're out or something, I worry. It's like, wake up! Like, are they home? <laughs> that is <laughs> my daughter's twenty four. It swears my daughter she home. Oh, that <laughs> she was. This happened on Fourth of July weekend. I, she was home. She was in her bed, and I didn't realize that. I thought she was still out. It's one in the morning. I'm texting her. Can you? 
I'm I, what's wrong with me? That then uh, I have all these bad thoughts going through my mind. Scott, I it's had hilarious. The, I had the same. My <laughs> my wife's like, well, what time did he get home last night? I'm like, I don't know. He's he's 21. He's well, he's 20. He's been living on his own for a year. What time did he get home last night? I don't know. Well, you worry less about your son than you do your daughter. Oh, that's yeah. true. <laughs> a, that's true. <laughs> total double standard. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. All right, let's uh, continue on with calls. Eight three three ninety nine worth. And is- then we argued uh, by that the fact that I didn't know, nor did I care what time he came in. Maurice, why you need to really. Um, we need to really find out what he's been doing because he can't come home this late. I'm like, you know, when he's away, <laughs> he comes home whenever he, can't he wants. can't come home that late? <laughs> yeah, that's Is that totally, right? Yeah. There's like a curfew? He's yeah. 20? Yes. That's hilarious. I'm like, you know when he's away at college, he comes home whenever he wants, <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, mom. Yeah. And then we got to argue about that. So okay, I got well, that going good. for me. Well, that's good. Then you, you should, maybe you got all your arguments done with for the I got that. moment. <laughs> that's right. That's strange. You argue with, with your wife. That, well, not uh, really. It was just, uh, it's on account of the COVID. Yeah. 833-99-WORTH. Let's uh, talk with Trevor. Trevor, you're with All Worth's Money Matters. Hey, Scott and Pat. Um, thank you very much for taking my call. Yeah. Uh, I've been listening to you guys for years. Um, I kind of consider myself to be the self-appointed president of your unofficial fan club at this point. Oh, well, thank you. Wow. Listen, that is, I've always wanted a fan club (laughs) with more than one member that being me. Well, you know, right right now it's just me, but we're we're actively recruiting, so. Okay. Good luck on that. (laughs) Good luck to you. What can we do for you? Yeah, so here's my situation. Uh, I'm 35. I'm married. No kids. Um, We're fortunate to have two incomes. Um, but here in a couple of weeks, I'm actually going to be leaving uh, behind a 10-year career in the federal government to go into a private venture with a partner. Um, so for a period of Is this probably, a business you're starting? You say private venture with a partner. Is this something yeah, that's already going correct. on or you're starting something new? Uh, we're, we're starting something new. Good for you. Um, thank you. Yeah, so for about probably 6 to 12 months, um, I'm probably going to have little to no income. Um, so our household income is going to be reduced by probably about 60%. Um, and kind of looking at some of the financial decisions to make um, surrounding that, I wondered if it was a good time to maybe take advantage of um, some Roth conversions with our tax-deferred accounts. Yep. Um, so when I started looking into that, though, there, there's a lot to consider, and it's a little intimidating. Um, our, our time horizon, you know, we're probably not going to retire for about 25 years. Uh, we are, are already um, relatively tax-diversified with our savings. Um, I would be happy to move some, some funds out of my federal thrift savings plan into something with possibly higher fees. Um, so th- there's a lot to consider. And so I was just curious if you guys thought that was a good idea. And if so, potentially, you know, how much should I look at moving and, and how should I go about doing it? hundred percent think it's a good idea. You made the comment of moving from the thrift savings to something with higher fees. I disagree with that. You can get, you can get ETFs that are just as rock bottom price. So you can actually, you can build the same portfolio with really low fees. And actually have a much more uh, broader selection inside of an IRA than a TSV. But it's all, this is all predicated upon what your overall family income is for 2020, come December 31st of 2020. And 2000, possibly 2021, because you said you didn't expect any revenue on this thing for nine months? Well, you know, I'm just kind of projecting. I mean, I would, on the safe side, I think, you know, six months to a year without any, you know, real measurable income. Uh, it could be sooner than that or it could take longer. So, yeah. So, what's, but, let, let, but what's, your, what's your family income going to be already for 2020 when you got your wife's going to be working yep. the full year? You've got more than half a year. Sure. So, so right now, our annual income as it stands right now is about 210000 per year. Um, and then as soon as I leave my job, that's going to drop to about 85000 annually. So uh, somewhere in the middle, I guess, for 2020. Yeah, so 140. Yeah, 150 probably yeah, for the year. right there. So, and you live in California? Or what state are you in? Uh, we're currently in Maryland. We'll probably be okay, moving Maryland. back to California at some point. Uh, what's the tax uh, state income tax like in Maryland? Uh, I'm, off the top of my head, I'm not sure. I think it's on par with California. It's relatively high tax. So uh, I would defer the decision till December, and then I'd probably do projections out to 2021 to see what uh, you thought the income looked like in 2021. But I wouldn't make a decision now. I wouldn't make it until the end of December. My guess is that you'll probably, if you end up doing it, 
You'll do it in 2021. Do you have much cash outside? The challenge, part of the challenge is when you do a Roth conversion, you got to pay the taxes now. So the taxes have to come from somewhere. So it either comes from money that's in your retirement account, which negates some of the point of it, or it comes out of some money you've got saved up somewhere. And if at the time when you're starting a new business, you, to, you want that cash. Yeah. Usually. And so our cash, so we have about $40,000 cash. I mean, we have a brokerage account um, with about 90,000 in it and there's very little gain in there. So um, I'd, I'd consider if, if I were going to do it, I guess I would have to take the cash from one of those two. That's buckets. right. So 130 K in cash. So here's what, so here's, I, I, I'm going to speak for Scott. Because he looked at me, and I'm like, I know what Scott's thinking. Scott's thinking that opening a business is really, really difficult. And you're going to run into some headwinds that you did not expect that may require cash. And the objective of opening the business is to grow your net worth and and or lifestyle around what you want to do. And that $130,000 in cash, if you do a Roth conversion and give it to the government. Or some of it. You're not getting any of it back. Is that what you were thinking, yes. Scott? So you're thinking that, and if your if if your income, taxable income from the year was going to be forty thousand or seventy thousand, and you were clearly in a twelve percent marginal tax bracket, then it's a no brainer. Well, that's why I said you wait till December, and then you, and then my guess is you're not going to do it for 2020, but you may do it for 2021. But, but you hope not to. I mean, I'm hoping your right. business I is going. I hope that you make so dang much money that you don't, um, you, you you can't afford to do it. Chances are, right? I Here's what, I, I would worry about this come November. I would give it no more thought. I'd spend that energy figuring out how we're going to make money in the business. Okay, and so I do have a question for you, Trevor. I think that's good advice. I assumed you, you're vested in your 10 years with the federal government. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, perfect. That's all I wanted to make sure. You said you were a devotee of the plan. You knew how important that vesting was at 10 years of the federal government. So, Yeah. And, um, yeah, that was why I chose to, to stay right out to, to 10 years. Yeah. Well, you're a poster child for a good financial planning. I mean, call us. Call us. And at, good luck with your business. I think that's great. Call I mean, us at any time. It's, we, it's, and frankly, when we started Handsome McLean, I was married, no kids. It's an easier time when you've got a spouse bringing in an income. Oh, absolutely, like like Trevor does. <laughs> yes. So okay. we're going to actually call Trevor back in six months and see how the business is going. All right, let's do that. Yeah. We're out of time. It's been great being with you this uh, weekend. Hope everyone's uh, enjoyed our program, and we will see you next week. This has been Allworth's Money Matters. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.